0: We are back for another edition of the Unreasonable Odds Podcast. I'm Steve Buchanan, of course, with my handsome co-host, Julian Edlow. Compliments. About, yeah, it's, you know, it's Monday. You know, feel, feeling fine. You know, even though Thank the you. Titans, you
1: know, the Titans. Nine-unit swing. Oh, boy. Okay, yep.
0: Yep, we're not going to be happy on this show. That's why get all get all the pleasantries out of the way uh, now, because it's going to be a very angry show. Um, but, of course, we're doing our Monday edition here. Um Kind of wrapping up what happened over in week three. We're gonna do a quick uh preview of week uh five. Are we going on to week five or week four? Five. Week five. Okay, so we'll wrap it up week four. Well, so we're wrapping up. Looking week ahead four, towards, yes. Yeah, uh looking ahead towards the board next week. Of course, odds are we'll be one of our favorite segments with our guy Johnny Abello. He'll be on the show with Julian later on as well. And we we'll will do, be discussing,
1: we will be discussing the Sunday night. Are well, starting off our discussion, at least, by discussing Sunday Night Football, which DraftKings yep. Sportsbook tweeted out, had the third largest handle in the history of DraftKings Sportsbook.
0: Wow, that's wild. And, and, and rightfully so. I mean, obviously, the hype for this. Like, I've actually, as I was driving home um, on Sunday after we did our shows, I actually saw a billboard previewing the game of Brady and Belichick. Like, I've never seen a billboard for a game before. Uh, but that was that that was up there, showing Brady and Belichick, so just showing the magnitude of that game. Obviously, I'm curious to see how the ratings were for that one. I'm sure that might have been one of the highest watched regular season games as well. Uh, then we're gonna do a little uh, wild card talk, MLB heading into the playoffs without the Mariners, which is very upsetting. It took them to the final day to get eliminated. Uh, doesn't matter for the bets because all Mariners bets lost. Um, but very heartbreaking. Jared Kelnick crying in the dugout. I, I might have shed a tear myself. And speaking of shedding tears, we might as well get right to our, our new segment, cash it or trash it. Because let me tell you, it's going to be a lot of traction in this segment. Because I'm just going to start off. I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to start myself. I gave out a teaser that I was very confident about on Thursday. Getting the Titans down to minus one. And pairing that with the Packers, getting it down to, you know, half a point. Packers, easy. Made it easy wasn't even easier close. than
1: i easier than i expected. I thought that might be if the Steelers had any life, that was going to be the game but where they showed that they had life. The Steelers are done.
0: Nope, you're not you're not going to beat Aaron Rodgers at home as a favorite, which is usually what happens anyways. And even with MVS going on the IR, you know, uh, it's not like Aaron Rodgers has a ton of weapons to begin with, but you know what I said, that's fine. No worries about that. That was it. That was a breeze, which made the loss by the Titans all the more frustrating. And look, this give credit where credit is due. It's not like the Titans just, you know, just had a bad game, and the Jets were able to squeak by. Jets looked pretty good. They were getting a lot of pressure on Ryan Tannehill. Coverage was good. They just had nothing going for them. The only thing that the Titans were doing well was running the ball with Derrick Henry. And in the situation where you're coming back from behind, trying to come back from behind, um, you're not going to be using Derrick Henry, which is by far their best weapon because they didn't have A.J. Brown. They didn't have Julio Jones. Both guys were ruled out, and it was very, very apparent even in the first few minutes of the game that they are going to miss those two guys dearly because Ryan Tannehill couldn't hit anybody going against that Jets secondary. Uh, honestly, I knew I knew within the first 10 minutes, I said, this ain't going to hit. The Titans are just not going to have it. They're going to give the Jets their first win of the season. Um, so that teaser which was very painful for me because the titans were in 85 to 90 percent of my teasers so pff, right down the board
1: 80 every teaser 90 percent how many teasers do you make
0: oh i make a few Yeah, no, i make a few
1: you know well, they're an 85 percent that means you're building like I, 20 who said, said that 17. what if i have
0: 10 what if i have 10 that just means maybe I left them out of it. I'm I saying
1: to- 85% would be dumb. <laughs> 80 or 90%, eight or nine of ten.
0: They were in the majority of my teasers. <clears throat> Cut the legs right out, even before the four o'clock game started. So trash that one. Frustrating, but you know what? Once we learned that those two guys were out, you kind of knew what the Jets were gonna be. And they ended up being the trendy team, right? And you, you even said that too as well. The Jets were coming the trendy uh pick once those guys were ruled out.
1: Yeah, I liked that. And I made the bet. On the Titans, the teaser on the Titans, which was the best bet I gave out on this podcast. On this, I did, so I will admit, I did adjust come Sunday. On this podcast, my best bet was a Tennessee Tampa teaser. On Sunday, on the sweat, I said, let's go Kansas City Tampa, which got there. Um, so for. I just liked that people were getting on the jets and I thought the running game with Henry would be enough. Um, Tannehill was still completing some passes to, um, to the guys that he did have on the outside, picking up some first downs. I, I thought Josh, get-
0: Josh Reynolds was carrying the load for them in that game.
1: Uh um, a
0: Ram Ram. Great Josh Reynolds.
1: Yeah, so I mean Tennessee we can we can both trash it. Like I said, that was a because that was the one leg of the the plus 400 teaser, the five leg teaser almost got there again outside of the Titans. That was a nine unit swing for uh the best bets article. We brought we wound up minus 0.3 units on the week. So it was a break even <laughs> week essentially. Yeah. Whereas if Tennessee had one, we're looking at almost nine units on on the week. Right. So it was it was make or break on Tennessee. Literally, the definition of trash it needed the Titans to win that game, and uh, and they couldn't do it. Um, for cash it, I, I'll admit that I was – see, this is the thing I'm hearing on Twitter this morning is, like, you know, oh, I told you not to use the Bucs. The Bucs came through on their teaser leg. Like, I, I missed the part where the Patriots won the game. Um right. Was I wrong about Brady throttling them? Absolutely. Belichick, um, Belichick coached that game like it was a Super Bowl. Jacoby Myers threw two passes. They're sending these <laughs> different blitzes, um, faking blitzes, running the running trick plays. Like Belichick coached that game like it was a Super Bowl and lost. To which my reaction is like, good things happen when they opened it up for Mac Jones. Yep. Now you're playing a be- the best run defense in the NFL has something to do with it, and, and the worst pass defense. So it's an extreme situation. But I don't know the the way that the Patriots coached and played against Miami, New Orleans. Now it's like why couldn't you why couldn't you pull those ones out, go a little harder in those games? Um, right. Patriots better beat the Texans on the road in Week Five. We will have our Week Ooh. Five preview. But if they lose that game after. You know, a moral victory over the Bucks that's actually a loss. Then just forget everything. Um, I'm interested to I, I'm interested to see where the Patriots go from here because if they if the lights come on and they need to turn it on and come up with a game plan. Like Belichick won the individual matchup with Brady. I didn't think he could put up a game plan that would limit Brady. No touchdowns. A um, lot of red zone stalls. And the people forget the Bucks almost threatened to cover that game if antonio brown held on to that touchdown yeah um but i'll give belichick the win over brady in the individual chess match of that game so if belichick has that in him then why is the scoreboard in the rest of the games the bucks and patriots have played since tom brady left so lopsided in favor of the bucks i i find that an interesting an interesting topic because i've been smashing belichick for like the Saints game was one of the worst games I've ever seen him coach. Um, extreme look ahead spot, but still, like if you can coach like that, then why aren't you? Uh, so the Patriots were up for that game, letdown spot coming against the Texans. Um, I find that game interesting. It's a talking point that we can we can go with. Um, cash it. I don't. I mean, the Tampa leg of the teaser with Kansas City that hit. A Cincy Kansas City teaser, that hit. Um, I did well on some public bets that, uh, that the Sharps kind of went against. I did take Dallas minus four. I took Baltimore plus one yeah, in my take- in my best bets article. Those got there. Sharper bet, my, my Sunday ad was Bears minus three. Anytime over 80% of the spread tickets in the public are piling on the Lions on the road, let me go the other way. Jared Goff, by the way, is now 0-11 in games that he is not coached by Sean McVay. He's only won an NFL football game under Sean McVay, and he's getting close to a season's worth of games played without him. Yeah, it's uh, getting bad. It's getting Lions bad. under <laughs> Lions under five wins plus money. I'm liking it. Uh, yeah, yeah, so that's, that's – I, I cashed a lot of tickets. I just missed the big one. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree with that, too. Uh, I was very um, I was pretty heavy on uh, Dallas as well. Minus four against Carolina Panthers. Uh, we talked about that, too, before, like that secondary, that whole defense really hadn't been tested. And this was going to be the first test. And I would say that uh, they didn't come out looking exactly how many people expected them uh, to come out and look. The Cowboys is absolutely dominated that game. Uh, Sam Darnold is still um, leading the league and rushing touchdowns, by the way. A bad day to have over one and a half passing touchdowns for Sam Donald to watch him run in for two of those uh, against the Dallas Cowboys. But uh, that Cowboys team and the Cardinals are the two that impressed me the most uh, coming out of week three here. Obviously I keep saying that Um, as well as the Patriots, but I think um, the convincing win by the Cardinals over the Rams uh, is going to be talked about a lot this upcoming week, looking ahead to uh, this, this week. And then the Cowboys just like, I'll tell you when they have Dak Prescott and obviously like this is not a hot take or anything, but that is just such a different team when they have Dak Prescott. Cause all, you look at all the weapons that, you know, Andy Dalton had last year, uh, you know, Ben DiNucci, whatever. Couldn't get it done when Dak Prescott is under center? Holy crap. That, that just entire team uh, completely changes. It's, it's amazing. And now, you know, we have um, some good matchups for them uh, this upcoming week. They're going to face the Giants. Uh, That's the Cowboys I'm talking about. Then the Cardinals are going against the 49ers who uh, potentially looking like they're going to be without Jimmy Garoppolo for a couple weeks now and go with Trey Lance. That actually probably is a better thing for the 49ers if you're asking me, but uh, the Cardinals are now the team to beat in my opinion.
1: I mean, if you get a win, the Rams were the team to beat. The Seahawks and 49ers seem to be treading water. So if – if you go to LA and beat them, that makes you the, the team. Um, you yep. know, if the Raiders, if the Chargers beat the Raiders on Monday night, football is home favorites, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, the Cardinals are the last undefeated team in the NFL.
0: And then the Rams and Seahawks are on the short week this week. They play the Thursday night game, which actually I'm really looking forward to that one. Uh, Rams are two and a half point favorites in that one. Um, and then, but that's of course, before we get to Monday night, you want to do Monday night now?
1: Let's go to Monday night football.
0: Let's go to Monday night football. This game reminds me exactly with what we had with the Cowboys and Panthers last week. And in the Yesterday. sense that yeah, uh, and, and essentially what I'm what what I'm trying to get at here is that the Panthers defensively looked so good through those first few weeks but they hadn't really been tested. That's kind of how I feel about the Raiders who are three-point underdogs in this one against the
1: Chargers. Well, the only problem is, I was going to say, so the Raiders must be the Panthers in this comparison. The only difference is is that the Raiders have two outright wins as underdogs over Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Baltimore is looking real, Pittsburgh looking less and less like an impressive win, but still.
0: I mean, they haven't really let up anything. I mean, two passing touchdowns total
1: through the first three weeks of the season. And now, Right, and now you're going to get outmatched with Herbert. Keenan Allen's going to have an advantage. Mike Williams is going to have an advantage. Right.
0: And so you look at this board, right? So like, for example, I was looking at the props for this one. I was immediately looking to Justin Herbert. Over under 302 and a half passing yards for Justin Herbert. I was like, whoa, that seems really high from what the the Raiders have faced so far this season, because they really haven't let up anything. But to me, that says that, you know, maybe this Raiders defense that's been so good so far is just kind of a smokescreen at this point. Like, would you be surprised if the Chargers come out here and pick this secondary apart? I wouldn't, because they really haven't been tested. I mean, would you consider the Ravens a test through the air? Not really, especially in week one. The Steelers forget it, even though they had the most passing yards so far this season at 295. But you know, that Steelers team is just, you know, they're they're absolutely going nowhere. And then the Dolphins, I believe that's the that's the game that Tua was hurt in, Am I correct? In week three? the Tua was hurt in week three.
1: No, Tua got hurt in week two in the shutout to Buffalo and Brissett. Oh, that,
0: right. Okay. So it, it was Brissett. Okay. Uh yeah, that's right. That's right. Because he had thirty-two completions with two hundred and fifteen yards
1: in that game. Yeah, I know I'm so, right.
0: So Yep. So, you know, I feel like Herbert could pick, because like I said, at first I was shocked. I was like, wow, this feels like a lot. And then you go back and look at the, what the Raiders have played. And you're like, Oh, maybe it's not. Maybe the books are onto something here.
1: So this is a really tough game for me. And I have my Monday night football best bets article that I need to get out. It, it, might be a game that I just sit this out on the sidelines and throw out some player props or some plus money things that, Hey, if you want a little bit of action, here's some things to consider. Yeah. I lean to chargers minus three, because I think regression is coming for the Raiders. The Raiders aren't, the Raiders aren't four and O oh good to me with three underdog wins. Um, the Raiders are a great Monday night, but there's also stuff working. And, and Herbert and the passing game and Eckler, like that's the real deal. They have both yeah. that are rushed to pass or like they have Derwin like, James back there. They did get an injury with Murray, an important linebacker for, for the chargers, which I don't like the thi- but then there's, you know, the Raiders are always fantastic on Monday night football. They're whatever it is, five and one, six and one ATS, their last handful of Monday night football games. The game the is in LA, which easily could mean a pro Raiders crowd, especially the Oakland fans that, can commute to this game rather than going to Vegas. Like, I feel like this is going to be a Raiders crowd. Um, And then you have the chiefs coming off a big win at arrowhead. So maybe in overtime, so maybe a little bit of a, or was that overtime or regulation either way down to the wire. So I'm a little bit worried about the chargers, but I do strongly lean to laying the three points with the chargers in this game.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think I think I'm with you here too as well. I think that um, I'm probably sitting on the sidelines for this one. If I had a lean in this one, I'd probably go under 51. Um, not crazy about that total. I think the Chargers will do their part, um, but I worry about the pass rush coming from the Chargers against Derek Carr because one of the biggest things coming into this season was how bad that offensive line was going to be for Derek Carr. They haven't really had to deal with that so far. This is going right. to be the game where they're going to have to deal with that. And this is where that, you know, that, uh, that thought process for people was, oh, I don't know how the Raiders are going to do because that offensive line is completely changed, but that hasn't been much of a factor in the, uh, in the first three weeks. It's going to be a factor here. That's where I think that's going to be the biggest difference. So um, 51 just feels a, a couple of points too high. I, I think Fair. I think that's where I, I land on that one. So I think under 51 is going to be the play for me in this one. Um, most likely, like you said, there'll be some player player props that we can check out um, later in the day. Of course, Julian will have his best bets article over Herb, on well, uh, the DraftKings playbook. Um, so you Herbert. Check that out, so.
1: Herbert's been really liking Mike Williams. Before we go to oh yeah, before we go to, over to the Johnny Johnny Avello odds are uh, segment here. Mike Williams first TD plus seven fifty. Mike Williams anytime TD standard minus one ten juice. I don't don't mind. uh, I don't mind either of those. Um, And we did on Thursday night. We did a good job cashing that uh, Jamar Chase long reception prop. Yep. So I'm kind of just doing this on the fly here. I want to see some numbers for um, for Mike Williams and see what that prop. You want to look up the prop number while I bring up his game log here for longest reception, Mike Williams, longest reception.
0: Yeah. It's over under 24 and a half, which I'll tell you off the bat is too long.
1: So that's that's what I'm thinking. That's also the exact number pretty much that we hit the over on chase. Yep. And that was
0: done easily by chase.
1: Okay. So he didn't get it week one, only 20 long in week one, 27 in week two, 43 in week three against Kansas City and Dallas. He's been going over weaker secondaries. I think the Raiders have a weaker secondary. Washington a little bit tighter, although it hasn't been all the time. Um, and Mike Williams has four touchdowns. he scored in every game. I'll probably be going after Mike Williams' uh, props in this game with, with scores, long reception, uh, that type of stuff. He also has at least seven receptions in every game. So just going in Yep, I was the, just going to bring that up. Okay, yeah, what's his um, – let's see why is my so boy- if you
0: want to do receptions for mike williams that is currently at five and a half but it is a really juiced up at minus 155 so wow. i wouldn't say it's overly an attractive number
1: <laughs> no what's hunter renfro
0: hunter renfro four is reception. four and a half at minus 145
1: all right, all right. yeah i'm picking the right guys because everybody's already him. it looks like
0: <laughs> yeah yeah we've already we've already missed the boat on these ones um, but I mean, if it ends up getting to six and a half, I think that's still um, still something to consider.
1: All right. Well, I wouldn't be opposed. Why to that. you read my best bets article? I'll have it all organized for everyone a little a little later, or probably it'll it'll be out when you're listening to this. So, NFL Monday Night Football and, best bets.
0: And and just for reference, um, Mike Williams is averaging over 13 yards per reception so far this season on 22 receptions. Yeah. Give so me that over
1: 24. Give me that over 24 yeah. and a half on on Mike Williams. He absolutely should be getting there in that. That, probably, matchup. that sounds right, like our, our that sounds like our consensus Monday night football best bet right there.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's switch over to one of our favorite segments. Odds are with Johnny Avello. Julian's going to be going over some Monday night football talk, some Sunday night football talk, even a little bit MLB playoffs. So let's take a listen.
1: Is an Unreasonable Odds Monday here, which only means one thing. Odds are with Johnny Avello, uh, the Director of Race and Sportsbook Operations at DraftKings Sportsbook. Johnny, happy Monday. How are we? Hey, Julian, doing good. Thank you. Yeah, it is a happy Monday. It is a happy Monday for the sportsbooks because where we're going to start with the massive Sunday night showdown, I will start off saying DraftKings Sportsbook tweeted it out. The Sunday night game between the Patriots and Bucks, The third largest handle ever in the history of DraftKings sportsbook. The only two games above it. Last year's chiefs, uh, Chiefs-Bills Chiefs AFC Championship game and the Bucks chiefs Super Bowl. So people bet on this game and they loved Tampa. Um, the Patriots got it done for the books with the two-point loss in terms of the spread. Covering any number, including what I think is very interesting... Covering by a point that three point spread look ahead line that was hanging there all summer for people got involved with that. The five and a half point line from, from the previous week, from early in the week, the six, the seven that got bet, bet up to all week. Um, the Pats covered all numbers, but on the other side, the Patriots had a kick to win that game. It doinked. The Bucks did survive for all the teasers for all the money line parlays. Um, so a really interesting result in that game. Um how, how did the book wind up doing on Sunday Night Football overall, both in terms of the spread and the money line teaser scenarios?
2: Oh, we did spectacular. Uh, it, it appeared that no one was interested in the Pats at any number from the three you mentioned. Me. the look, look ahead to seven. And when it was announced a few days before kickoff that Gronk wasn't going to play, that didn't suppress better's opinions <laughs> on where they were going to put their cash. So, But to be fair, Julian, Uh, There were some, there were some money line bets, money line parlays and teasers that did cash on the game.
1: Yeah. Uh, Real quick, before we move on from this game, what was the handle like here in, in the prop market? I know DraftKings Sportsbook had up the Brady specials. It was Brady Gronk specials for a while, obviously, then Gronk gets ruled out. How did the Brady specials do? How was the player prop handle overall on this game?
2: In a prop prop market, uh, team did a great job of putting up some really spectacular stuff on the game uh markets that were posted last monday brady props they range from the uh the pass number that brady breaks the all-time record to who catches that pass to break the record and then you ask how you know how do we do on them
1: pretty well uh they were bet heavily and the outcome was good All right. Uh, You mentioned the Bucs did get there and cash some money lines, some teasers, one team that did not help with that result, or probably did help from, from your side of things. Titans saw a lot of money um, on Sunday, despite some reverse line movement in that one combination of Tennessee, not having its top two receivers there on the outside. And then the jets who have faced good pass defenses finally faced a, a soft pass defense, Um, and it helped the jets really squeak one out in, in overtime. So I, myself, I didn't want to get involved with the points in Bucks Patriots, um, because I thought something that wound up did happening might happen. Um, Patriots lose, but, but cover that game. Um, however, I I was on a Tennessee Tampa Bay teaser. So that one's out the window before Sunday night, even, even, uh, even kicks off. How did the Titans help the book compared to that that Patriots cover? Just the Titans losing losing outright. That must have broken up a lot of parlays including parlays that included Tampa. Yeah,
2: yeah it, yes it did. It, it was one of the games Julian that had the least amount bet on the point spread, but there was plenty of money line and teaser action. Yeah. So between that and the other New York team the Giants winning wait a minute I think there's two other New York teams I think the Bills we're going to add them in there since they play so well now Uh, but anyway with the Giants winning there were just a bunch of exotic wagers that got blown up
1: yeah Um, let's talk about the Lions who played the Ravens to the wire in week three Um, a pretty wild result with the Ravens getting that fourth and 19 getting the longest field goal ever through to win that game While the Bears offense, historically bad against the Browns in Justin Fields' first start, that created kind of a recency bias spot in my mind where over 80% of the money uh, in terms of the spread, the last I looked, was on the winless Lions as a short road dog. Um, I did feel like I was on the sharp side of this one, back to the Bears, wound up working out. What is the thought process on that number um, when all the money seems to be coming in on the lions, but it's not really shrinking too much closer to a pick'em there.
2: Yeah. Uh, we opened the bears minus five in this rivalry in which these two teams have met 183 times. So Julian, are you interested in kind of telling me what you might think that the win losses are? And then 183.
1: 183. 183 so I'm going to guess very close to, 90 90 each side 92 and 91
2: uh 103 75 and 5 for the bears uh yeah so let's get back to 2021
1: (laughs) i thought it it was was gonna be i thought it was gonna be a a neck and neck number right there yeah you know it
2: was for a while and then uh, of course uh you know the bears ran off a bunch of wins there and that's why Uh, You know, it's with them now. You know, It was in this particular game, it was unclear who head coach Matt Nagy was going to start. He said if Dalton was healthy, he would play. So the line was driven down to three uh, bears by game time and the money line 240 minus 240 bears to minus 145. So when you look at that final outcome, certainly worked out well for us with all the point spread money going that way, all the money line money going that way.
1: All right, let's let's uh, let's go to the Monday night football game real quick to wrap up week four. Raiders, one of two undefeated teams left in the NFL. Um, they've generally shown out very well on Monday night football. This is a road game in L.A. that can easily turn into a Raiders home game type of atmosphere in my mind. The last splits I saw from DK, uh, Raiders taking some pretty big bets as three-point dogs in this one. Always a popular Monday night football uh, team. Is that still the case? Uh, and if so, do you think this number is on the move at all by kickoff?
2: Well, the Las Vegas Raiders get their second primetime Monday night game, as you mentioned, because the first was a doozy. I yeah. mean, it was it was a spectacular game. Uh, the Raiders have been seeing more attention here, but the Charger money is starting to show up. And uh, when you talk about the number, I don't believe this number departs from the opener of Chargers minus three, But if it did, it most likely wouldn't be down to two and a half. The greater possibility would be that it would go up to three and a half. But neither one of those is probably going to happen. I look for the juice to fluctuate at three as bookmakers absolutely detest getting off a key number like three in an isolated big action game.
1: All right, that makes sense. You'll see that. I think we've seen the juice moving around all week on DK Sportsbook. It's yeah. touched the minus one twenty. It's been at minus one oh five. So we're staying we're staying at three there. Um, all right, let's look ahead to week five. We're gonna do our week look ahead as we always do, and it's the same two questions. What games have taken the most early money and which spreads do you expect to move the most for this week five NFL board?
2: Uh, The Jags have taken some early money at home versus the Titans. That line's moved pretty much from uh, a couple of points. The Steelers backers having given up hope as they are the early choice at home versus the Broncos. Uh, The Broncos were actually open to favorite. Now the Steelers are a small favorite. Uh, The betters either like what they saw from the Pats or they didn't like what they saw from the Texans as the Pats line has moved from seven to nine and a half with that game being at Texas. Uh, the Bills are seeing some early money in another terrific Sunday night matchup at Kansas City. Uh, a couple of games that could, and we talked about this before, that could possibly switch favorites are the Washington football team was currently the home dog versus the Saints, mm-hmm. and the Chargers, who at home, are one-point favorite against the Browns. Now, that could change on based on their performance tonight.
1: Right, yep. That's a key one to pay attention to. Um, all right, Johnny. Before we get out of here, the MLB playoffs are here, and these wild card matchups are some heavy hitters in terms of brand name. I, I think we're going to see a lot of handle on these MLB uh, wild card games. Red Sox-Yankees wildcard game at Fenway Park on Tuesday night. I'm still trying to talk our producer, Samir, into grabbing tickets with me. So maybe we'll be, the Unreasonable Odds crew will be at Fenway Park on Tuesday. Garrett Cole, a minus 125 favorite in that game over Nate Ivaldi, getting some plus money on the home Red Sox. Uh, Where's the money been going here in, in the early going?
2: Well, you know, they call these wild cards for uh, a reason. And I think the reason on these wild cards this year is because you mentioned wild teams being in here, teams that, you know, we thought would probably be winning their division. And here they are in this one game race. Uh, Their early money's on Cole. uh, He opened up a minus 120. This game's moved the nickel to minus 125. Yep. But, you know this is a really tough matchup to decipher. I mean Cole's two and two on the year versus Boston Il Valdi two and four versus New York. really really tough game to handicap.
1: Well we're gonna talk MLB Steve Buchanan and I to close out this show but a little sneak preview socks plus money at home we're doing it. Maybe it's because I'm trying to go to the game. <laughs> All right the NL side. Ridiculous storylines. Cardinals get as hot as it gets to roll into this wild card game. Then you have the Dodgers, who are probably the best wild card team that we will ever see. A hundred and six wins, a powerhouse. Um, Giants, a Cinderella story, improbable division winner. One hundred and seven wins. I- I've got to assume that the money. I mean. Any, if the Cardinals landed on any other normal wild card team, I think people would love to ride this hot streak, but they're running into a brick wall here in, in the Dodgers. Where's the money going in this one in the NL?
2: Well, you'd be surprised with the early money here, Julian, because early money's on the cards, but that's based on two factors. Number one factor is the price. The Cardinals yes. were plus 190. That's a nice price to take on a team that's been playing pretty well. That's now down to 180. And – the other factor is Dodgers star, Max Muncy. He's declared out for this game.
1: Yep. All right. Well, I think that, the, the, I mean, that Dodgers lineup, that game at, whole, at home, Scherzer, what he has done in, in those 11 starts with, uh, with the Dodgers has been extremely impressive. So really quick, MLB bracket is set. Um, are you seeing any big bets in the futures market now that we kind of have a feel of who's going to be facing who? Um, what these wild card matchups are and how do you handle the dodgers here because this is the most fascinating part of the whole futures board for me the dodgers being world Series favorites despite having to play in the wild card game we have never seen that i feel like we will never see that that's rare
2: yeah the dodgers have ch- taken a, a good chunk of the action all year but you know being relegated to this one game uh you know play that Takes their odds up a touch here, to. because if you look back, the Dodgers were five to two, and now they sit just shy of four to one at plus three ninety, because you know they had the extra game into the price, and it takes up the original uh, price that when we thought they should have been the favorite, and they still are the favorite. Now another team that has drawn some fairly large wagers, and now are the second choice, that is the Astros. The Astros are now nine to two. Uh, I remember one big one, about 250 grand on them. So um, yeah, that'll that'll speak the a little bit.
1: Was that a mattress mac bet? That's a macker. <laughs> all right, we're getting some some macker action on the Astros to to win it all here. Um excited to see how these wildcard games shake out, excited to see how these. MLB playoffs shakeout that is odds are with Johnny Avello Johnny. Thanks as always. And we'll talk to you next week on unreasonable odds.
2: You're welcome, Julian.
1: All right. Thanks Johnny for joining us as usual. He'll be back
0: as we do odds are every Monday. So make sure to stay tuned for that really unique uh, insight into DraftKings sports looks. So thanks Johnny for coming on. Let's do a quick look at the week five board here in the NFL Um, Some interesting lines right off the bat here. A lot of reactions from what we saw last week. And we were just talking about this a second ago, Julian uh, Patriots going up to nine and a half against the Houston Texans. Uh, We saw that go off the board during Sunday night reopened at nine and a half. If you got the look ahead line early, you could have got that at my at uh seven and a half in favor of the Patriots. So probably not going to be seeing that number anytime soon. Buccaneers coming off the win. Might not might have been a win in the call, but maybe not the moral win. Uh minus 10 favorites over the Dolphins, who are uh going to be just starting Jacoby Brissett once again as Tua is uh sidelined, at least probably for the next week this week and next week. Still at week like. yeah. so, so at least
1: week six. Yeah. Uh, so at least one at least one more game. At least one more game he's missing. Uh,
0: of Jacoby de Brissette. And then, uh, actually, as we were talking here, uh, I believe I just saw, I want to bring it up. Okay. Yes. Uh, Will Fuller, uh, broke his finger in Sunday's loss, Expected to be week per week. Um, you know, this is as usual, I guess you should say for Will Fuller, who is, uh, it's not just the Texans he can't stay on the field for it's clearly the Dolphins too, as well. Um, so right. they lost someone there too, as well. What's kind of sticking out to you here. I have one game that I have circled. I'm curious if you're going to be on the same one. So what's sticking out to you here first?
1: It's an interesting board uh, for for week five here. Um, I've bet one thing already, and I threw it out on on Twitter. I already released my week five best bets article technically. It just has no analysis and one play in there. I I can't get on board with this Chiefs defense. The Chiefs defense isn't good. Bills and Chiefs should be a shootout. Really interesting total there at 56. I lean over, but my bet that I put out one team plays defense, one team doesn't. And they're two elite offenses. The Bills looking for revenge from losing the AFC championship at Arrowhead. The Chiefs have been, you know, Hanging on by a thread in, in all these games, a couple calls away from a much closer game against the Eagles, it felt like, even though that was the bounce, the clear bounce-back spot of, uh, of the week. This is moving to two and a half most places. Um, DK Sportsbook still had three up at minus 120. Give me the Bills, plus three on Sunday Night Football at Arrowhead. I put a, I made that a one and a half unit play, and I'm going a half unit on the money line at plus 135. A really good number there. That's going to go down as well. Give me the Bills to win the game for a sprinkle, um, but I'm going to take those three points with the Bills.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a really really interesting spot. I actually um, was curious what this line was going to be at because you know the Bills did what they were supposed to do against the Houston Texans, absolutely decimated them. Didn't think they were going to shut them out. Um, But that gigantic spread that there was on the board covered easily. It wasn't even a question uh, for them. Now they're going up against the chiefs who have been very beatable in the secondary. Um, They looked a lot better last week. Tyree kill kind of got back on track after two uh, mediocre weeks, but I mean, this is just going to be an absolute barn burner. It feels like in that Sunday night game over under 56 points in that one, but yeah, I, I, I'm with you. If I could get three points for the Bills as as road dogs, I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll absolutely take that number there. That's a really enticing number. Um, the game I was looking at that I thought was really interesting was how close the spread was in this Packers Bengals game. Bengals are uh, home underdogs in this one, plus three and a half on that. Feels like this should be a spot for the Packers to cover.
1: I know, but this I also reminded me of Week loved, One.
0: <laughs> I loved everything I saw. Uh, with the Bengals last week against the Jaguars. Like that, that offense they have made is just it that
1: difficult on themselves, but yeah. Sure.
0: But I mean, I, that offense is just clicking, man. Like I, I, I love Burrow. I just absolutely love Joe Burrow. And I, I, <laughs> I I'm talking myself into back in the Bengals in this spot. I think I want to take them as road as, as home dogs in this spot at three and a half, the three and a half is what's most important to me. That's, that's, that, that's, that's the key right there is getting it at that number. Cause yep. I feel like this could, this is going to end up shifting. Um, so I want to absolutely lock in that three and a half soon. If not now, as we record might do it now, but I think that I, I, that, that number there, the three and a half number is key. And that's why I think I'm going to uh, back the Bengals in this spot.
1: Um, that's a stay away game for me. I just don't have, you know, it feels like, wow, really short, number on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers but then oh yeah the Bengals are three and one with some some good wins over the Steelers and the Vikings I don't know um I, I'm intrigued to watch the game I do like what I've seen from Joe Burrow um a few other spots on the board Let, let's talk Thursday night quickly for a second because Seahawks yeah. at home prime time they're coming off another uh road underdog win good showing for the Steelers bad showing for the Rams is it a bounce really back bad. spot is it a bounce back spot for the Rams? Generally speaking, I would say yes, but, oh, it's a short week on the road in the division. This is a tough one. I think I like the Rams in this game, but you can, I can talk myself into either side of this one.
0: Um, I don't like either side. This, the spread's just too close for me. Like, it, so let, let me put it this way. The spread is correct that it should be, you know, under a a field goal, but I don't have a lean towards either side because I didn't like what I saw from the Rams at all against the Cardinals and the Seahawks, despite the win uh, looked kind of sloppy last week. Like they, that like to me, that wasn't a convincing win for the Seahawks last week. Like they just, they they're playing really sloppy football right now. And that's a team that you can't afford to play sloppy football against coming off the loss. It is on the short week, but, Ah, this like, so as I'm describing this, it makes me sound like, okay, then I should be back in the Rams. But I think I could also talk myself onto the Seahawks too, as well just, I don't, I don't love either side in this game. This is probably a, a, a player prop game for me. Um, I, I just, I don't even have a lean in this one.
1: All right. We'll see. I might have a, might have a take there by the time we come back on, uh, on Thursday Um, Also, did you
0: realize the jets falcons that's the north uh that's the london game that's 9 30 a.m that
1: london game right oh man like falcons laying points against anybody right now right Uh, Right. so now i'm gonna now i'm gonna bet on the jets coming off an improbable overtime victory and flying out to london i don't i don't care about this game um if you made me, if you said you gotta bet this game, um, I'm going over 44 and a half. Yeah, is that the number? I would agree with that. Yep, yep. over 44 and a half. If you made me bet this game, um, is is what I would take. But here, let let me talk about a few a few other spots, and then we'll close with maybe some teaser thoughts. Um, not a good teaser week, by the way. But no, it's not. I am getting sucked into a few favorites in kind of that no man's land. And by no man's land, I mean, it's not a field goal. And it's not the six and six, six, seven spreads. There are some games in between there. Gardens. The Titans just burned us. Yep. The, the line last week here was seven and a half, eight. Oof. Jaguars almost win in Cincy. Titans lose to the Jets. Now the Titans are only minus four at jacksonville the defense is not good um the jags might put up some points but if if one of the if just one of the receivers comes back for tennessee i'm probably in on tennessee as a square road favorite like jacksonville jacksonville is still going to lose games and tennessee needs this game you just lost to the jets you have to beat the jaguars to kind of hold things off so uh, so with that mentality do you take it now or do you wait It's not going to get to three, so I think you can. I think you can fire soon. I just want. I'm going to wait more to see injury report type of stuff. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to wait to see the bodies there on that game. Um, here's another one, four point spread. Where is it? Carolina hosting the Eagles. Give me car. Give me Carolina. I'll lay the four oh, again. Oh. Four point home mm-hmm. favorite. The Eagles no. defense. Is terrible. This is Carolina's covering and winning this game. You love the Eagles with a rookie head coach and no defense.
0: Look what they just did to the Chiefs last week. Yesterday, like come yeah, on, they, like they were in that. They were in that game. They were and in and that game. They, the and then they lost.
1: And then they lost by like twenty and threw a garbage time touchdown.
0: Okay, but I would I would say after what we just saw the Cowboys do to that secondary last week. Like Jalen Hurts, for as ugly as these games are, is phenomenal. He is putting up points. He's putting up yards. Like this, this team is getting downfield. Whether it be with Devonta Smith, um, Dallas Goddard, like even like the ghost of Zach Ertz was getting involved um, yesterday. Like they're going, they're going to get downfield against Caroline. I'll take the, I'll take the plus four with the Eagles.
1: I'm on the I'm going to be on the other side of that one I think. I'm not I haven't bet anything yet outside Good. of the Bills, but I'm probably going to be on the other side of that one. Even weirder numbers than 4, 5. Cardinals coming right. off a huge win, 5 point favorite over the 49ers. This is going to be a Trey Lance first NFL start on the road against an undefeated team. Yeah, I'm afraid to bet the Cardinals after their huge win, but I don't see this going well for the Niners. I don't like their defense. I don't think Trey Lance is ready for this start. He's good on the ground. He's not ready to throw the ball in the NFL, and we saw that against the Seahawks. Um, again, I'm leaning the favorites here at these weird numbers.
0: Now, like you said, this is a bad teaser week So far, as it is thus far. Um, not a lot of good numbers that you can do that at, but things can change. Things can always change. We'll keep an eye on those and then we'll uh, give you well, the so, full board right.
1: on Thursday. Go ahead. Teasers. I, I'm not gonna take <clears throat> I'm not gonna take Tampa from 10 down to four. Tampa's gonna beat Miami, but I'm not teasing them. Um I don't want to touch the Giants Cowboys spread, which is at seven. I'm not gonna tease them down. If anything, I would take the Giants plus seven in that game, probably. I like the over in that game, um, which has been bet up quite a bit not touching Patriots minus nine and a half after that big game. I think the Texans at 10 at home might even be a bet against this Patriots team. Um, Mm. There's just a lot of spots that I'm not touching. There's one very strong teaser piece. And I think that it is Minnesota minus seven and a half at home against the Lions and Jared Goff and his zero and 11 record without Sean McVay. The Vikings are going to win that game at home. They need that game at home after their poor start too. If there's another teaser leg to put it with, I'd probably go to Monday night and tease, tease Ravens-Vikings uh, as my two home touchdown favorites going against yep. uh, a one-win team and a no-win team. That That's probably my teaser this week if I, if I make one, Minnesota and Baltimore.
0: Yeah, Baltimore can also uh, – I mean, both teams can benefit with the uh, extra day for sure, but um, I would definitely leave with the Ravens in that one too as well. Those are probably your teaser pieces for the week. Uh, looking at the board, uh, I don't take. I don't mind taking Dallas down to one as a home favorite against the Giants either. That's also a possibility.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm staying away from that one. I think I'm I'm not really sure there. I don't mind the seven with Dallas. I, I with uh, New York. I don't know if I'm going to bet that game though. Um, all right. Any other thoughts on this week five board before we talk some MLB wild card? Now let's do MLB. All right, MLB wild card. This these are the best wild card games we've ever seen big name teams big name pitchers um tuesday night al wild card i'm still looking for my ticket we'll see if our producer samir will get out of a date with his girlfriend and potentially (laughs) go to the game with me um on tuesday night i'm looking to go to fenway it's gonna be fun uh yankees red sox one game wild card doesn't really get better than this for for baseball for playoffs for atmosphere, um, ratings, ratings, we got Garrett Cole minus 125 favorite over Nate Evaldi plus 105 and the Red Sox total set at eight and a half. Um, I'm looking forward to this. I hope I'm I'm there. We'll follow up on that. Um, I, I don't think I'm being a homer here. I like the Red Sox. You should.
0: You should. Um, you're the baseball. The, the wrong. Seeing you yeah, up. The, the wrong the wrong team is favored here. Um, I get it. Like you know, you want to you want to back Garrett Cole in this big spot. You want to back Garrett Garrett Cole. That's the guy you want on the mound if you're the Yankees. Uh, to pitch this big game. But Garrett Cole has been a disaster since September, when the lights are shining bright on Garrett Cole does not perform. He does not perform well, and the, and you know the numbers. We'll back that up for somebody that has been as good as he's been, for somebody that's been in the Cy Young talk all throughout the month, uh, the last few months, Garrett Cole in the month of September through 33 and the third innings, gave up 20 runs on 37 hits, six home runs, 5.13 ERA in the month of September, by far the highest of any month so far this season. Garrett Cole has also struggled against the Red Sox. 22 innings pitched this season, 13 runs, 24 hits, five home runs against the Boston Red Sox. The wrong team is favored in this one. Um, The Red Sox are absolutely night and day. But the deciding factor in this one is Avaldi has been pretty good against the Yankees. And then in the three starts that Garrett Cole has made at Fenway Park this season, 6.19 ERA, 11 of those runs given up 19 hits, five home runs for Cole against the Red Sox at Fenway Park this season. That's where they're going to be for this game. Um, the Red Sox offense, you know, really kind of limped into the postseason. Um, I like what I saw in that series against the nationals, especially coming back to beat them yesterday on Sunday. Uh, to basically clinch this game uh, for it to happen. But personally, I think Garrett Cole is hurt. I think he's been hurt uh, just because the numbers just don't add up. And for somebody that was supposed to be the runaway Cy Young candidate, uh, he absolutely imploded, gave that to Robbie Ray. I'm going to be extremely rich in about mm, a month or so when that Robbie Ray ticket cashes at 80 to 1. Hopefully everybody else got on that. I have seen many tickets in uh, uh, in my DMs and on Twitter. So we're going to have a lot of rich people. I'll DM Rockets you Park my soon. Mariners
1: to win the AL West ticket for a refund.
0: Hey, that's fine. That's fine. That was a long shot and we came pretty damn close. So a loss is a loss, but I I'm happy that I was, I, I, I even though I didn't win it, I was on the right side of that. I, I can go to bed knowing that. Um, but yeah, I, I just right. absolutely love the Red Sox in this spot.
1: I'm down to fade. I'm down to fade Cole. I've bet the Red Sox plus one Oh five. Ivaldi won his two starts in June over the Yankees. Here's my only thing. Just going to box scores, like just looking at scores when Ivaldi faces the Yankees. July 17th against Cole. This one was called in six innings, three to one, uh, three to one loss to the Yankees. Not a full game. Doesn't count, but lost to Cole. Faced him again at Fenway a Saturday night later, lost four to three to the Yankees. Pitched at Yankee Stadium in August, lost two to nothing. Again, a seven-inning game, so we're not getting full games here, but this is, you know, Evaldi starts. Um, And then Evaldi was lights out in September outside of seven runs in less than three innings at Fenway in an 8-3 to loss to the Yankees. So Evaldi has to get back to what he was doing before against the Yankees in this game. Um, but I'm down to fade Cole. I'm taking the plus money with, with the home team in this one.
0: And the thing about, uh, Evaldi is he's been so much better at home this season. And that's where obviously this game is going to be. So that also has, but me the seven on the runs he gave up
1: well. recently was at home.
0: Correct. Um, that is very true, but for over the course of the season, of Eval- Aldi has been much better at Fenway Park uh, this season. Uh, doesn't give up a ton of fly balls. Doesn't give up a ton of home runs. So I, I feel confident in Avaldi. I mean, I think it says something in itself that the Red Sox are chose Avaldi to be in this game, not someone like Chris Sale uh, who did not have a good start against the Nationals. So thankfully that didn't, they avoided that one. But Avaldi uh, is the guy. He is the ace for the Red Sox.
1: All right. Well, if Samir, uh, you know man's up maybe the unreasonable odds Twitter handle at unreasonable odd tweet out a picture from uh from Samir and I at at Fenway obviously Steve the invite is open to you but since the Mariners aren't playing in the game I assume you're not interested
0: not overly interested see if the Mariners just did it they could have been in this game and I would have been there as a Mariners fan that's fine
1: I mean we should should just get DK to take care of this and send the unreasonable odds crew to uh Fenway Park on Tuesday night I'm However, there's also it. a game on Wednesday night, the National League game. Like I said, these wild card games are bonkers. The Cardinals are red hot. Adam Wainwright is pitching like it's 1994. Um, he's in this game at Dodger Stadium facing Max Scherzer, who has been fantastic yeah. since coming over to the Dodgers. His name was—I don't think he's going to win the NL Cy Young, but his name was in the—he might, he might. Corbin Burns, I don't know. He's Scherzer could win a questionable NL Cy Young um
0: they're board. both questionable both leagues quite frankly
1: okay dodgers are minus 220 at home even money on the run line if you want to back them huge favorite as you would expect because this is a 106 win wild card team the dodgers <laughs> are favored on dk sportsbook are have the shortest odds of anyone in the postseason to win the world series yet are in this wild card game um giants winning that division absolutely ridiculous this is as i mean the cardinals are red hot the dodgers are as good of a team as you could ask for to ever play in, the dodgers will probably be the best team ever to play in a wild card game i'll say yeah. that i don't as as interesting as it is to take the hot team plus 180 on the cardinals on on the road here I don't think the Dodgers blow this opportunity. They just worked all season to win 106 games. Now you get one at home to make it all count. I don't know how you capitalize on that. I think they do it convincingly. So I don't mind the even money on the run line. And then that's obviously a par, a parlay piece for me. I think they get this. So like we're saying, it's not a teaser week. I, I really think the Vikings are going to win at home against the Lions. Maybe you do it. You got to wait for your money. Cross sport parlay again. You got to wait for your money for Sunday. But maybe you just parlay the Dodgers and the Vikings, something like that. I'll get around to this. I'm gonna put. We're gonna post some some tweets uh, on the Unreasonable Odds Twitter handle. We're gonna post some short videos, maybe with some some MLB uh, postseason handicapping. What do you got on this Cardinals Dodgers game?
0: Uh, I I don't see how the how the Dodgers win this game. Like their biggest trade deadline acquisition was Max Scherzer. You don't see how the Dodgers
1: win this game.
0: I don't see how, I'm sorry. I don't see how the Cardinals uh, win this game. My mistake. Okay. I misspoke there.
1: Um, <laughs> I say, if you don't see any single scenario of how the Dodgers yeah. can win this game, I, we need to no. no
0: the, I, I think the Dodgers absolutely uh, win this game. The, their big uh, trade deadline acquisition was Max, Max Scherzer. The throw-in was obviously their best hitter in that span and Trey Turner. Um, right. Scherzer has absolutely dominated since donning a Dodgers uniform. He's, thrown, he's made 11 starts since coming over to the Dodgers. Has allowed a total of 15 runs through 68 in a third innings. Has struck out uh, 89 over that span. That gives him a K-9 of 11, uh, 11.7. I mean, he's just absolutely wiped the floor with every single team that he's faced since he's come over to the Dodgers. He's faced the Cardinals twice already. Uh, they've got one earned run off of him in total through, 14, and, uh, through uh, 14 innings. He struck out 22 through 14 innings. I get it that the Cardinals are the hot team coming into the playoffs, but when I look at something like that, to me, that's a team that peaked too early. They peaked about two hours too early. And obviously they needed to do that to be in this position to begin with, but now they're running into the freight train that is Max Scherzer. And if there's anybody that you want in a big game, that's probably one of the top three guys that you want taking the mound if your team is in a must-win situation in Max Scherzer. I mean, this guy was pitching with a broken face last year. Uh, Looked like a raccoon. He still went out there swearing at every batter that took the mound, was striking everybody out, had an unbelievable start in that game. The Dodgers should win this game. They will win this game. uh, And they will go on to uh, the the NLDS. Yeah, this is
1: one... This is one where people are going to get. I mean, I think the majority of the money is going to be on the Dodgers, but the people that bet the Cardinals are going to be almost tricked into a narrative because any other year, I, I would be very interested in this underdog hot Cardinals team. But just sure. to look what they're running into, they're not. If they went to the Braves or the Brewers, who are firmly in the postseason, I would like backing the Cardinals in this game. But that's not what they're doing. They're going to the best team in baseball who lost their division by a game to one of the biggest Cinderella teams of all time, 107 right. to 106 wins. So wrong spot for the Cardinals. Really good story. Can't back them. Dodgers get that one. So those are the, those are the wildcard games. We'll know who won when we come back on, on Thursday and obviously maybe get into a little bit of, uh, of an MLB postseason preview with, uh, with our guests that we will have on. We'll do a little bit of college football and we'll, of course, cover the entire week five NFL board. That is the Unreasonable Odds podcast presented by DraftKings. You can follow Steve on Twitter at SBPNN24. You can follow me on Twitter at Julian Edlow. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Unreasonable Odd. And we will be back on Thursday.